Okay. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Mountain Outlaws podcast, episode number one. Number one. My name is Mac. I'm here with my brother Tucker. We're the Brady's, and uh, we're glad you're here joining us. Yep. Hold on, I'm going to look at our agenda. Okay. We have been going at this thing, Big T, for three hours now tonight. It just clicked over into midnight. It's now the next day. Perfect. We're good. I got to be to work in six hours. Me too. I got to work out in like five and a half. I'm not going to go to tomorrow morning. No, this morning's workout. Too tired. Okay. Well, we'll be sad that you won't be there. I'll do squats to make it up. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, how is this podcast going to flow? What can people expect when they, when they tune into the Mount Alice podcast? Give us the elevator pitch from your perspective. Well, it all starts with who are the mountain outlaws. Mm -hmm. We're just a couple of regular guys. We have to go to work every day. We try to go to the gym every day. We have families, but we also love the outdoors. And so the difficulty is trying to juggle all of those things and find success in all of those things. That's the goal of the mountain outlaws. We're not perfect, but we keep trying and we have fun. Totally. Okay. Perfect. So as we were talking about this episode and what we wanted to start off with, I think we both decided that starting off with something that you and I have been involved in for a long time would be, a good topic for discussion and that would be the Altoids survival tin. Right. And so what is that for those people who don't know? Okay. So Altoids is a really disgusting breath mint. It comes in curiously strong, mints. <laughs> curiously, disgustingly strong mints. And if you go to YouTube or Google and you type in Altoid Survival Tin, you'll find thousands or thousands of videos with people that cram as many things as they can into a into one of these mint tins that they think would help them in a survival situation. Now, I've always been into these things because... I think they're an interesting thought experiment in that you're trying to be as creative as you can and put as many cool things as you can inside a very small footprint. Right. Just something you can put in your pocket with you when you go on a hike. Yeah, exactly. Or one of our buddies, he's always got his, in the top pocket of his backpack. And the other cool thing about the Altoid survival tin is that they're personal. There's not a recipe for what you need to put in there. You can put in whatever you want. Some of these are like super high tech. Some of them are pretty low tech, but really it, it's an individual expression of 
you as an outdoorsman and what you think you need in any given situation. Right. What's going to help you survive should you get lost in the mountains for two days? You know, you're not out there camping. You're just trying to survive. How can you survive utilizing what you can cram in a little, like, what is this, two inch by three inch? Sure. And I don't can. And I don't think the Altoids tin is designed for multi days. I, me personally, I think about it as a one night. If I get lost and I like sort of know where I am, but I just got out after dark and I couldn't quite make it back. Maybe my headlamp is dead. And I was like, I just need to hunker down for tonight. That's when I would pull out my survival tin and use the stuff that I have in there to help me not die that night, which is right. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say to me, my, the reason why I say for like two, maybe three nights is you could literally just go sleep on the dirt for one night, you know, and not die. You don't need, like, even if you don't have anything to eat for 24 hours, 48 hours, you're not going to die. You could probably, you can go a day without water and you're not going to die. And so to me, the difference between like surviving out in the wilderness and camping out in the wilderness is the enjoyment level. You're not supposed to really enjoy surviving, but if you're just kind of like building up your little one night shelter with it, then you're just, it kind of turns it into a little Altoids camping tin. <laughs> yeah, sure. You're not sort thriving with this stuff. Right. But that's, that was the logic behind my can. Yeah, I like that. Um, another way that I use mine is if I'm going on just like a, a quick hike with the family or a quick little, little adventure and I'm not going to have my backpack with me, then I'll throw my survival tin into my pocket, which at least gives me a couple of band-aids or mm -hmm. if one of my kids falls in the creek or something and we need to start a fire, it gives me a lighter or something in that scenario where I'm not going to have a bigger kit with me. I at least have something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, cool. So as a little treat for our first podcast, as we were discussing this topic earlier and kind of throughout the weekend, I decided to go on a treasure hunt of sorts and try to dig up my very first and only Altoid survival tin that I built back when we were both working at Hill Air Force Base back in back in the day. So yeah, this thing is four years old. I wasn't married at the time. No. And I think I built it and I don't think I've ever opened it since. It was not 2016. It was 2014 into 2015 because I went to officer training school in 2015 and that's when I stopped working there. Okay. So 2014. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this thing's six years old. Yeah. Going on seven. Yeah. I, I have no idea what's in here. And so I thought as a little treat, we could open it up. See what, see what I put in there and see if I could remember my reasoning 
from six and a half years ago as to what I put in here. It's going to be like a blast from the past. Trip down memory lane. It's like a journal. And then we'll take a picture of it and put it on our Mountain Outlaws Instagram page. Right. Okay. So to start off, it's the uh, blue winter green Altoids. I wanted the blue one instead of the red tin because it's different. And then on the bottom, I glued two little mirrors on there so that you could signal for help. Yeah. Shining sunlight in a pilot's eyes. Yeah. On a nice sunny day. But here's the thing. It doesn't have to be a pilot. It could be your, your bro on the other mountain. Pilot. That was why I put those on there. Okay. The pilot's eyes. Okay, opening this thing up. I literally had to blow the dust off it today. Where did you find it? it. Just in a random drawer in my dresser in my bedroom. It's crazy that your wife never threw it away. It's crazy that I never threw it away. This thing has gone through. So just in the last three years, my little family has had eight moves. <laughs> and this thing has survived each and every one of them. It's probably because it never came out of the drawer that it was in. You just moved the whole dresser from one place to the next. Right. Next. But it like, it never like opening it up. It, it's not really secure. It hasn't spilled out. This thing's just a mirror. Does it, it is a survival tin. <laughs> Does it still have that characteristic snap and latch? No. Oh, it's just loosey goosey. Super loose. Okay, opening it up. All right, yeah. Okay, what do we got in here? So on the underside of the tin, I got a little piece of duct tape with a razor blade, a little box cutter yeah, yeah, yeah. that we took from building 1248. A utility blade. Um, and then what do I have up above here? I think it's a pen, like a little pen. I think I took the insides of a big pen out, yeah. snipped it in half. And I think I put it in here. And, of course, the piece of duct tape as utility as well. Sure. Oh, man. This thing is just, like, chemically bonded to the lid of this. Oh, and look at that. There's a little sewing needle. Curved or straight? Straight. Not for suturing. This is for like fixing your clothes. Oh, that's a Mondo needle. Yeah. And stabbing like little fish or something. Skewer and all. Totally. Squirrel, maybe. Yeah. Just get them. Bunny. So, yeah, that's under the duct tape. Then I've got the old ferrule rod. I can fire starter. I'm going to hit pause on this reveal, this unboxing right now, because that is not a ferrule rod. I mean, it is, but it's a straight up block of magnesium with mm -hmm. a teeny tiny ferrule rod on it. And it's right. Enormous. So I can, it's big. I can already make assumptions about the number of items you have remaining in your kit. Cause I can't see them, but based on how giant that thing is, I know there's not going to be so, a lot of other things in there. Right. This isn't, I can see that this was definitely a themed box <laughs> that I had in mind yeah. <laughs> while I was out there. Um, an entire roll. Of Is that dental floss? 
dental floss taken out of the out of the plastic container. What's it wrapped in? Gold duct tape. <laughs> A little more duct tape. Of course. Um, man, what did I put this in? Oh, oh yeah, I put this in for here your needle for my, with my needle. Yeah. So I could stitch Dude, up. Dude, sew your backpack up. Set a like fishing line yeah. on it. Waxed thread. And you can use it as a fire starter. I don't know about that, but I do know that waxed thread, like dental floss, is very strong. So you can use that for all sorts of things. Okay, so then we've got a little baby saw blade. This couldn't cut. It couldn't cut anything. No, that's for your magnesium. That's what that's for. That's your striker. <laughs> you oh, use yeah. it. it is, and the, this, thing, this thing, yeah, right. So the flat edge of it is so bad at throwing sparks that you have to use the have teeth. To use the saw rated, yeah. edge, but you're not supposed to. I mean, it's your. You're supposed to. You're supposed to use the saw rated edge to just grind off some of that magnesium. Yeah. Then the flat edge is supposed to throw the sparks. Bro, it's your rod. You can do whatever you want with it. Right. That's what that guy is. Yeah. So, yeah. There's that. Oh, There's oh, that. oh, that's a double use for that little guy. It's about the length of your fingy. You could use it as a splint. You bust your fingy, splint it up. You could splint up your finger. Right. So, multi-use. Yeah. Oh, multi-use. Pause again. Oh, another thing about these survival tins is you don't want to have a lot of single use items in them because it's such a small amount of space. You want to maximize what's in there by having multi-use items. Right. So get this, a sewing. <laughs> no, that's got to go. That's too many needles. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's staying in. Oh, come on, come out of here. Get a load of this guy. A little subsurface. Is that a fly? A fly fishing fly? Yeah. Yep. Sure. Bro, that's not subsurface. That's a dry fly, my friend. You're hitting top water. I imagine that it. I imagine this thing doesn't really float very good. It'll float once. For like maybe three seconds. And then all you got to do is just channel your inner Brad Pitt and just do some dope shadow casting. Start a shadow hatch going Well, on. no. Sure. That could be a byproduct. But you just dry the fly in the air with all your shadow casts. And get it get it to float for another three that, seconds. Oh, sure. But it does that's all you need because while you've been drying your fly off, you've create you've manufactured a hatch and you've built right. a feeding frenzy up in the fish. So three seconds mm -hmm. is they'll be going nuts. three seconds There's plenty in of the time. hole is all you need. So then here, I believe, is half a crayon wrapped in more gold duct tape. I, I, Fire yes, starter. I remember that. Purposes. I remember you building that. I do, too. I do too. But how does, a, how does a crayon start a fire? Oh, it, it acts like a candle. What's the wick? Oh, the duct tape. You light the duct tape on fire. Yeah. yeah. So There's then, no way that'll work. I bet it would work. There's no way. I, I bet I could do it. Then a little baby, then a little baby saw. saw. Yeah. It's like a string saw that you'd use in two hands and go wrap around, 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 around the go up and over. Yeah. Go around that bad boy. Then, oh, here, look at this. So many things in here. You've already exceeded my wildest dreams on the number of items in there. 
a fish hook. Just a single? Just an open fish single? hook. Yeah. Classic. A little barbed. Oh, wait, no. Oh, it does have a barb on it. Nice. We didn't clip you it gotta off. Got to have the barb. Okay. Then this was probably my greatest invention. I'd completely forgotten no, about it. I've been waiting for this. As soon as you told me you found this, this is the thing that I was hoping was still in there. It is, but not all the way. <laughs> My little homemade LED yes. flashlight made out of a straw tip, a little more duct tape, and two little baby watch yeah, button batteries. batteries and one and one diode, yeah, one LED. Yep. And so okay, tell us how it was really show, cool. Tell us how it works. Paint us a picture of your flashlight. So you just cut. I don't know, like maybe an inch of a straw off and then you kind of give it like an alligator mouth on one yeah. end and then you have to tape up the other end to keep it dark to channel the light to shoot straight forward otherwise it kind of turns into like a little sure. lantern and the light just disperses in every direction and is useless to you and so the first thing you do is you stick the little led diode up in there up in there and then it'll have its two little prongs sticking out the back. Out the back of the straw? Out the back of the straw where the alligator mouth is. And it'll make more sense when you see the picture of it. And then you wrap, you clamp those down onto the two batteries in between. And then you just kind of hold it on the back. And you've got a little tiny It's like those proton lights that you have on your zipper poles where you push the button and it lights it up and it lights the light except there's no button you're just making contact with the positive and negative side of the little right. batteries yeah. and just completing yeah. that circuit yeah yeah i remember when we made that thing i and then it yeah. worked that was the i remember thing. the raw unbridled power i felt as a creator yeah yeah we literally created a circuit. <laughs> no, not a. No, we no, completed the not circuit. Not that. We created a thing, a like a pocket, like a micro flashlight. We invented. Yeah. This is a cool yeah. thing. It's a cool idea, and it works. <laughs> it, it, the thing is, though, is it's one, two, it's four different pieces. Like it's not, a, it's not a contained unit. It's four separate pieces that have been rolling around inside of there. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, get this. We could we could create a better yeah, body yeah, for but it. In but. its current form, if you needed to use it, and it was like dark outside already, and to be fishing inside your tin to assemble your flashlight, that would suck. Well, that's why you have all this fire building <laughs> yeah. stuff to build a fire, so that you can see inside your tin to build. Your you could flashlight. just throw magnesium sparks in there. Yep, and I, that's it. That's all that's in. Oh, this that's it. Tin. That's it. Um, that's it. I had at one point I had like some water yeah. stuff in there. I think I had a condom in there for water carrying purposes, but Jeff took it from me one night. Gross. I never got it back. You don't want it back. I didn't want it back. I didn't want it back. Um, yeah, that's my tin. That was fun. Going <laughs> that's down that. I don't. I don't know if I could survive with that. I, I, if I had the water purifying tablets in there. Which I Here's the deal, though. Then I think I would be able to survive because I've no, got fire. No, but what are you going to purify the water in? You have no container. 
You don't have a sack. You don't have a bag. You don't have anything. But I do have an idea for you. You could start the fire. No, listen. You could start the fire, and then you could boil one tin's worth of water at a time. Right. That's what I was going to say. The tin has exactly. I like it. Yep. Yeah. So that's it. That was my survival tin. I'm sticking with it. That thing represents us. Well, this is the start. Seven years ago. Yeah. This was after we first tried to create the Mountain Outlaws. This was like the first Mountain Outlaw project. I'd been into this thing. That's what this is. Yeah, I'd been into Altoid Survival 10 videos on YouTube for a long time and was real pumped when we put them together. Now, unlike you, I have gone through six, seven, eight, 10 different Altoid survival tins over the years. Cause I'm always messing with mine and I can't not take the stuff out and use it and lose it. So out of necessity, I've had to create a bunch of them, but also because I've learned more. And as I've tried to be more efficient with what I put in mine, uh, they've just changed over the years. Now I would like to go through mine, but it's cheating because it's not, it's, it's not, not an survival team. It doesn't but, count. Go get your no, real. You've already seen it. it's empty. There's nothing in it. It's like a fresh tin. Right. No, but listen, this is in the spirit of an Altoid survival tin in two ways. One, this is an extra brand gum case. Oh, I was thinking it was like a Q-tip, like you know, you exactly. Get those, like, travel Q-tip. No, things. this is gum. This is a 35 pack of extra gum, and it comes in. Awesome. Okay, so it's still very easy to oh, yeah, get yeah. hands on. But it's related to Altoids in that it freshens your breath. It's not curiously No, but it is my favorite though. gum, and I have about 10 of these different plastic cases all over the place. And so I transferred the contents from my last Altoids tin into this, which is bigger, but it's clear. It's see-through, so I can see what's in there. And then yeah. the other way it relates to an Altoids tin is that it, while it is bigger than a tin, it's not that much bigger. So you, you still have to be very conservative with what you put in here. But it's pretty it's pretty souped up. And I don't think you've ever seen this, so it'll be interesting to show you what I've got going in here. Well, so what version is oh, this? Oh, there's got to be like Mark 10 at least. Right. So we'll compare it to oh, yeah. the prototype you'll, tin and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll certainly tin. see some relations. But oh, my daughter just popped her head out the. Hi, baby. Go back into bed. Me and Tucker are doing a sweet podcast right now, but you need to run back into bed. Do you want to go sleep with mama? Okay, you run up there. Make sure your door's closed. Okay, so let me crack this thing open. She couldn't have woken up for the three and a half hours we were trying to no, get our audio. Set this is this is her normal work. time of of moving up into our bed anyway. So 
That's fine. Okay, the first thing I have in here is a, oh, an inch and a half of a flat contractor's pencil. Like you just get those ones at Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever. And it's an inch and a half that I've sharpened for... Is it to like carry no, a flame? To, you could use it as no, a fire starter? No, it's, it's to write notes. You'll not see any paper in here, but it's to write notes on like leaves or trees. No, listen, listen to this. And like you light this leaf on no, the first. No, no, I used this this year on mine and Jeff's archery elk hunt. We found this water hole and it was a pretty big water hole. 70 yards across. It was huge. It was more like a little pond out in the woods. I was set up on one side. Jeff was set up on the other side. I was watching an area on the other side of the pond and hoping that that's where the animals would come. And I had multiple shooting lanes. And so I zapped a bunch of different things with my rangefinder. And then on a dead aspen tree next to me, I used this pencil and drew a picture of the like outline of the pond that I could see and I drew like a little rock and said 35 yards and then I drew a little picture of the tree and put 42 yards and then on another tree a few yards away I drew two more pictures of objects and how far away they were so that if an animal came I didn't have to zap it with my rangefinder I could look at the little diagram that I drew and then judge distance based on where the animal was in relation to one of the objects I'd already measured. And so I used this pencil to draw on the tree and it worked really good. Nothing came in, but as you know, with archery, you don't want to be messing around with your rangefinder because you only got a few seconds sometimes. And so by identifying ranges and having basically a range card set up, I was ready to go. And if I needed to, I could shave off little pieces of the pencil to light on fire. To light Absolutely. on fire. With my mini Bic lighter, which is the next thing to come out of the box. And then I've got three Q-tips for all sorts of purposes. Cleaning your ears, cleaning your weapon, cleaning wounds. But you can also light these suckers on fire, which I just tried the other day by rubbing some chapstick into the cotton and fluffing it up, lighting it on fire. Or a crayon. If you had a crayon, half a crayon. But you could have done that. I did an Duck experiment. Tape. I lit a dry side and it burned for two seconds, three seconds. And then the other side, I worked in some chapstick because everybody's got chapstick somewhere. So I worked it. You, I don't. Okay, but don't you can use earwax. Okay, anyway. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah, yeah. you can just dig and around and fluff up the end, and I lit it on fire. It burned for like 15 seconds. It was crazy. So I got three. It's enough to so I got that three Q-tips. Then I've got a big old fat daddy ferro rod and a striker taped with a little bit of electrical tape. You should switch to duct tape. Uh, no, a little bit of electrical tape. So I've got the ferro rod. I've got a Leatherman Squirt PS4 multi-tool with the pliers. And so, it's, yeah, just like a little tiny tool set with the pliers, the tweezers, 
whatever. But that this thing is perfect because it slides right into the case. I've got a rescue whistle. I've got two Allen keys. And these are specifically for my bow, for different things on my bow, like my sight. They're the two sizes that are the most common for things on my bow. So I keep those in there. Just because it was we're coming out of archery season, I always had this in my pack. I didn't want to carry a full set of Allen keys. So I put the Allen keys in my little survival tin. I've also got a knife, the CRKT Doug Ritter which is designed by Mr. Ritter to fit inside of an Altoids tin. That's what this thing was designed for. Right. That was like one of the catalysts that totally. sent us off. And the cool thing is when you buy these knives, the packaging is an Altoids survival tin case. It doesn't say Altoids on it. It's tan. It says CRKT. It says Doug Ritter, Mark whatever this thing is called mark five mk5 and so it you get a tin with this knife when you buy it which is really cool and it's only like 30 bucks or something like that right yeah i remember and it's like a cheap knife but i was so poor back <laughs> yeah then that I but they're awesome because it. it's totally skeletonized it's got a inch and a half long blade i've sharpened this a bunch of times like i've used it a lot it's a very functional knife that doesn't take up a lot of real estate. And this has been right. in every single one of my survival tins. It's transferred to every single one. Okay. I've got a tiny micro survival series star flash signaling mirror, which is vastly superior than your car reverse or side mirror mirrors. Those are blind spot mirrors. That's what those are that you're supposed to stick onto the side view mirror of your car because this is a real live signal mirror and it's got the little star in the middle that you use to aim at the thing you're trying to signal because you have no way of aiming yours. You'd have you to do this. this. You'd have to do what they teach in the Boy Scouts, hold up two fingers with your one hand and then flash on your hand right here so you could see where the light is and then move up through your fingers and use your spread fingers that are in a V as like in as like the front side of your weapon. Anyway. Or you could just be not bad at aiming and just eyeball that. Thing. No, it, that won't work. And just signal the pilot. Because if the pilot's zipping by trying to like aim with your fingers. This is the only way tough. to do it. You just eyeball that thing. That's not true. Get it every time. <laughs> That's not Get true. And then time. the most important thing I have in my little kit is the post-it note I taped to the mirror side of the mirror because I don't want the I don't want it to get scratched. So I taped a little post-it note over the top of it, and on that post-it note I wrote, "Things could always be worse," because a positive mental well, attitude is the number one thing you need in a survival situation. And it's got like a little piece of string on there that you could use for all sorts of things. And then I've got a very rudimentary first aid kit in here. Two band-aids, no, one band-aid, one blister patch, I guess. Two, yeah, two allergy pills. allergy pills. Two butterfly closures and one small 
triple antibiotic ointment thing. No water purification, no nothing. I actually thought I had a piece of tinfoil, like a 12 inch by 12 inch piece of tinfoil that I would use to fashion a cup. Well, so what are you going to, yeah. How are you going to, what's your water carrying system? That's as I've gone through this, it's a glaring flaw in this. I've got (laughs) two cutting tools because I have the the multi-tool and the knife. I've got two ways to start a fire. (laughs) <laughs> but no way to procure water, no way to filter water, no way to purify water. And I don't have any way of procuring food like you do. You catch fish. I can catch yeah. fish, several fish. Food is not ever going to be, nor has it ever been a factor in building my tins. I don't care about food, but I certainly should care about water. So that's a, a glaring omission from this current kit that I need to address. So yeah, I think this fun little thought exercise trying to remember, at least for me, what I was trying to think when building this thing. Way be- Oh yeah, look at this. Here's the expiration date. Best use by 31 August. Yeah. 2014. No, it was probably like May of 2014 when we put that together. Yeah. And it's just like, like, I mean, now I've got kids, so it's like just your whole mindset changes to like, not only could how, how could I survive out here, but what can I pack in there to help multiple people survive? You know? Yeah, I'm already like while you were talking, I was absolutely listening, but more than that, I was thinking about myself and how you no, just weren't acting and how much listening. I don't like this little kit. I I put this together in August right before we went on our on our first hunt, our bow hunt, and I think I just like had all my crap in this little bin over here. And just was like, oh, I'll just shove this in here. I'll just shove this in here. There wasn't a lot of thought that went into this. It just was like what I could stuff in there at the time. I'm going to redo this. We're going to have a follow-up episode. Or maybe just at the end of one of our next episodes where I'm going to go, th- I'm going to redo my kit and go through it again and put some like real life thought into it. Perfect. I think mine's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. With where it's at. Because that's the beauty of the kit. Yeah, and I want mine to be better. I think mine's good. I got several fire starters in there. Okay, catchers. What are the big three things of survival? Food, water, shelter. Food, you don't need. Right. Shelter is positive mental attitude. Positive trick question. Positive mental attitude is most important. But and your shelter, though, shelter. includes the clothes you're wearing. That That's included in your shelter. Right. I saw that on an episode of The Office where Michael Scott goes out into no, the woods no. and fashions <laughs> yeah. a no. pants tent. No pants tents. But for reals, though, your well, the clothes you're wearing count as your shelter. <laughs> that, that counts in your shelter because shelter is what? A protection from the elements. Your clothing provides that to right. some degree. 
Right. Because extent. you're not going to be able to pack yeah. any sort of shelter into an Altoid survival kit. Right. So. Right. But a way to. Yeah, with your needle and thread, I guess. And or it's just like you build a little lean to. Because again, yeah. it's survival. It's not camping, right? Yeah, yeah. It's and so. Like, realistically going to be comfortable. You could do. You could lay pine needles down to try to make it a little more comfy, but realistically you could just go make a lean to, to protect you yeah. from wind, some rain yep, or whatever. Um, yeah. I think a light source, I might find a way in all my other kits. I know for a fact, I've had a little flashlight in there, a little streamlight nano flashlight. I remember when you bought yeah, that yeah. thing. I have your first long, one way oh, back when. I know what I did with that guy. I lost the rheostat light that goes on my archery site last year. And so I took that Streamlight Nano flashlight out and super glued it over the aperture on my site so that I could have a way to light up the fiber optics on my archery site. And then we were shooting at that 3D range and uh, I knocked it off and it just disappeared into the weeds. But it's pretty Classic. ingenious of me to to repurpose that thing. But That's now it's not man. in my Just kit, and I don't have any lighting. I don't have any lighting source. So yeah, I'm gonna redo mine, and it's gonna be the benchmark of what I feel a survival kit could be, like a little micro survival kit. Well, so are you gonna go with a kit of how to turn? A night of survival into ultralight. No, but camping. that would be incredible. No, it's just going to be a a Swiss Army knife of kits. It'll allow you to face multiple events. All right. Well, I think. All right. Well, I think. I think the key. To building something like this, where literally the possibilities are endless, is the old adage of if you try to please everybody, yeah. you end up pleasing nobody. And so if you try to make it do a little bit of everything, then it won't yeah. really oh, you'll do very see. much. You'll be very impressed. And so you just got to kind of focus. You have to do one thing and then maybe a subset of things. And then rely. So you just, for you, you need to figure out what's most important for you while you're surviving shelter water food how can you get the most out of those three but the that's the thing though is it with one while tip? those are the big the quote big three of survival i mean i've never been in a survival situation but it seems like communications would also be very important and i have got my whistle and my mirror which are two and starting a fire yeah well, right, that's how you get, that's how you get unsurvived. Right. Found. Right. Okay, yeah, I feel like this is a pretty good place to to end our discussion on the Altoids. It's been about yeah. about forty minutes. It's okay. Do you have length. any uh, final thoughts? Let's move into that section. Hmm. Nope. Other than this was fun. Fun fun little podcast looking forward to next week hopefully it won't take as long to get set up and get going hopefully i can be home and in bed by now yeah. it's almost 
quarter. Here's my one. final thought. Uh, it's about a piece of gear that I bought this week, and it was a jacket from a company called Kuyu that we both are very familiar with. And it's a new jacket. No, let me rephrase that. I bought a new one, but it's a new one of a jacket that I've already had. I just bought the gray version instead of the camouflage version, the Kenai Ultra. And it's my favorite outdoor um, jacket that I've ever owned. And I'll tell you why. From 60 degrees down to 30 degrees, you can comfortably wear this thing. And it always makes you feel like your room temperature. Like I've hiked up mountains in it. I've sat and glassed big basins. I've been in the wind. I've been in a little bit of rain. I've been in like snow, not snowing, but there's been snow on the ground. And you just always feel comfortable in it. It's like wearing a warm mother's hug. Hmm. Well, that's because they've got their... Uh... What's their new insulation technology? Like 3D? Yeah, it's called 3D FX. Like it's that. like a continuous filament uh, insulation. I mean, it's incredible. I don't, I don't know really what goes into it, but I'd encourage our listeners to do some Googling and to check out Kuyu. But that's like my, that's the, the outdoor item that I got this week that I've been real psyched about. And I've been using the Kenai jacket for years. I had the original one and now I have the Ultra and I used to have it in the Verdi 2.0 camo, but because I want to wear it on a day-to-day -day basis, I sold the camo, bought the solid color mm -hmm. because I'm not too keen on wearing high-tech camouflage fabric out in public. So I went with a gray. Right. And I mean, that's yeah, totally. like you can wear your gray jacket yeah. in the mountains. Right. So yeah. Okay. Well, I guess if it's a, a cool little outdoor item <clears throat> i just got in today from blade hq the new little crkt ceo knife i've been carrying that around i got the version i don't know if it's the blade hq exclusive i think it is oh with the green micarta scales on it and then like the copper inlays looks really good i really like this knife i'm Gonna do a little write up on it for the website, mountainoutlaws.com. Well, mtnoutlaw.com. So yeah, be sure to check that out. That'll be coming up pretty soon. Um, Why though? What love, are your I initial really like impressions? What makes it good? Well, I'm I'm partial to the gentleman's mm -hmm. folder knives. I feel like they just look better. I don't like a big, beefy, yeah. clunky knife. I don't like mm -hmm. blades that are half serrated. Mm -hmm. It's got to be plain half edge. normal. <clears throat> yes. And this guy, what attracted me to it is I carry, as a software engineer, I usually am wearing a button up the front shirt with a breast pocket, and I carry lots of stuff in that pocket. I carry pencils. Yes, exactly. And this little knife was designed to be carried in the front breast pocket of a I like that. shirt. And so that is what first intrigued me and made me look into it. And then 
I just it just is a clean little knife, man. It looks like it comes from like outer space, like a an alien spaceship. It's just solid lines, just so elegant. I don't know, clean. The one almost if if it was made for a CEO. Yeah, but CEOs are all elegant. <laughs> My one little critique of it, and this will be in my my write-up review, is, and we've talked about this, the thumb stud opener. I really actually like how it sits in the in the handle, but yeah, they should have the, done just a little on the finger back flip, a little index finger finger flip on the back edge of it. And originally, I didn't like that it was a tip-down carry with the pocket clip, but after thinking about it and it was designed to be carried in a front pocket, a breast pocket, as you're pulling it out, it's going to be in your hands the way that it should be, as opposed to pulling sure. it out from like your pants pocket. So that doesn't bother me anymore, but just if they just had the index finger flipper opener on the back, then it would be a dang near perfect little knife. But, Perfect. It's an excellent little knife. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. That's I can't my, wait to uh, my closing to thoughts. read more about it. I've handled it, and uh, yeah, it's a great little knife for sure. All right, I think that about does it. Okay. Until yep. next time, the Mountain Outlaw signing off. I'm going to bed. Stay salty. Signing off. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Blend Just, in. Be seen. That's the original catchphrase of the Mountain Outlaws. Yep. Patent pending, trademarked.